Welcome, everybody, to episode 16 of the Hockey Toolkit. I am Trevor DiCarlo. I'm Andrew Trimble, appearing for Sweet 16. Numero 16. I don't know what the, I mean, I know the Spanish, but I. That's just, French, right? That's French? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's some. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, episode 16, we're uh, chugging right along and um, a little bit earlier for me, so I'm still kind of getting the cobwebs out from work mode to uh, podcast mode. But uh, outside of that, how have you been? Good. It's on um, the weather here in New Hampshire. So kind of really turned, you know, it's like we have this, we have winter and then we have um, horrible mud season where it's like really wet and nasty and gross and like 40 degrees, but like just wet and nasty. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's just like one day it is 80 degrees outside and, and the, and pollen is all up in the air and the bees are out and, that's where we're at now. It's like 80 degrees and sunny and bright. So I can't really complain too much because last week it was like, we wake up in the morning, it was 40 degrees. What's it like <laughs> in Chicago? Uh, it sucks, if I'm being quite honest. It uh, Days start off, or it's like, again, as you said, you know, our season's out here. It's basically we went from winter to a small little like spring into then it's like today was 80. It started off like in the morning in the 80s, got to 90, then stormed. Uh, and now it's back down to 60s. So, yeah, wow. it's well, I, I remember as a kid, we used to have seasons, but I guess uh, there might be something to that climate change, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, how's uh, how's everything going on hockey world for uh, Coach Andrew's side? Good, we're you know, we're, we're moving right along. We our rosters are taking shape, uh, my camps are doing really, really well. I'm excited about where we're going to be at in my camps in the summer, and then um. Uh, this is a, just doing like this, like we've talked about last week, a lot of the garage sessions, which are great kind of segue into really what video coaching is all about. Cause I use my phone a ton for like breaking down kids, shooting mechanics and their posture and things like that. So that's our great kind of leaning into where we're going to be, where we got talking about today is a lot about video coaching, but what's going on in your world, Trevor? Uh, you know what? Uh, actually, so now we're, uh, we're kind of done with spring sessions over. Um, which it should be considering tomorrow will be June 1st and that's, you know, not the start of summer, but summer session. Uh, so we're kind of winding down, winding down with that. I've got one more of my skates and then, um, taking a little bit of a break. Uh, I will be doing some different conferences, checking out and then, uh, kind of doing just once a week skates. So nothing really too hairy, more or less kind of my like unwind session where I can, I don't have to be at the rink every night. So it's a different feeling. I'm not used to it. I don't know if it's good or bad. Sometimes I feel like it's bad because I need my mind to constantly be focused on something. But <laughs> there's other things in my life that I need to focus on too. So, uh, yeah, just kind of getting ready for that and then um, you know, going from there. But So I do know, and you said earlier, uh, pre- you know, before the show, uh, you're going out of country. Yeah. Um, so the EHL is having its first ever um, European Combine. Uh, so I will leave on Wednesday, uh, June 7th, taking the red eye over to Prague. And we're having a combine uh, right outside Prague in a town called Velke Popovice, which is the home of Kozel Brewery. It's like a 500-year-old brewery right next to the rink. So I got to figure out where I want to spend more of my time. And uh, <laughs> and it'll be a great combine because I think we already got like 50-something kids signed up. They're all kids who are looking to come to the United States and play wow. junior hockey here. Uh, we've gotten some great players in the past from Slovakia, 
uh, Latvia, Czech Republic. So it's in a really great spot for like Central Europe to bring in some of those players. So I'm excited about what it's going to mean for the league and for all the organizations in the league too. How many teams are besides yourself uh, are going? We got a handful of teams. I know like uh, the Seacoast Spartans and uh, Worcester Railers, I believe, and Union Thunder, even some of the teams that, that are just in our EHL Premier Division still can go after some of those players. And uh, I think that's a great spot for them because, you know, junior hockey tends to be the teams that win it uh, tend to be older teams. But the organizations that have, you know, better talent at, at the you know, tier two or tier three level in some respects have a lot of young talent. And a lot of those young talents come from overseas. Um, and so it's, it's exciting to see where that, where we could be in a, in a couple of years if we continue to grow events like this. And you guys have no import rule, correct? For the EHL. Yeah, that was it. Once we left USA hockey, that, that restriction got lifted. So we used to be at four uh, and now, uh, you know, we're, we're, Full sail right here. You know? <laughs> we're, we're going, uh, you know, Laconia becomes in the winter, it becomes uh, the United Nations over here. We got, kids, right. from, got kids from Norway. We, so next year we have at least kids from a bunch of kids from Canada, Ontario, Quebec. And then we also have kids from uh, Norway. We got kids from Latvia. We got kids from Czech Republic. We got kids from Slovakia. We got a kid from France who played in their top division last year. Wow. Um, so it's going to be exciting, you know, and, I think that adds a adds something to the league. I, I certainly think that it elevates the level of play. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you guys are going full tilt out there. That's pretty cool. Now, how long are you out there for? From I uh, fly out Wednesday. We arrive like Thursday morning, and then I fly out again on Sunday. So when you come back, do you like go back in time and get some extra time back in your life, or does it not work that way? I do. I I use that time. I put it at uh, one point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> and I usually go back to about 1985 when I was at my peak. You know? <laughs> well, I hope you're not flying back in a DeLorean. That's probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if I get my hands on a DeLorean, that's that's a game changer. <laughs> that would be, but no, I, hey, that sounds uh, fantastic. I can't wait to uh, hear all about that. I mean, we probably should just dedicate a whole uh, episode to that experience when you get back. Yeah, the fun thing about that is the first two days are practices. Uh, and then they followed up with games. And uh, when I went up there last time, I got to run some practices. And it was fun to kind of see how the kids could understand and also implement what you're trying to teach. And then also getting that information from other coaches who are running those practices. I like, you know, I'm a sponge. I love to absorb that stuff. So let's make an episode of, of that coming up in the future. I don't want to, you know, disclose it all right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a problem. No, definitely. It sound, sounds like a blast. But, uh, you know, we brought it up earlier. Uh, you know, talking about uh, video, you know, you know, video, and I'm sure you're going to take plenty of video when you're out there and all that fun stuff. But, uh, you know, the, the big uh, today's emphasis on this episode, at least is uh, video and hockey. Um, now, I don't know about you, coach, but uh, I know you're just a tad older than me. But even when I was playing, there wasn't very much video being used by the coaches that I had, um, you know, especially high school or even, you know, my brief stint of college hockey, um, I actually would have to have like a family member videotape my own games and just my specific shifts just to see, you know, for me to go back. But, um, you know, growing up for yourself, was it, were you using a lot of video at all? No. Um, so uh, the latter part of my high school career, um, we started to record, you know, with a, a mounted camera, record the games. But mostly it was used as like the precursor to like 
recruiting. You know, you could take that game tape, you can make duplicates of it, then you can send it on to a junior or college coach. Um, same thing at the junior level. When I played junior hockey, um, a junior coach would record the games and then send that off to a college coach. And actually, when I went to Buffalo State, um, uh, I actually remember being in the coach's office and he was like, I got your recruiting tape here. You want to take it back with you? <laughs> And I was like, oh, sure. I don't. You don't want an autograph, Coach? <laughs> you don't want to watch me play anymore. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, um, you know, that was, it was mainly used as that. Like, like instead of breaking down your own individual play or improving a lot of play, uh, because it was just the technology wasn't there yet, you know, but now it's a game changer. Now it really is oh, yeah. um, incredibly easy to, to really, you know, improve a player's game just by using your phone. Oh, I mean, it's, you can watch games, you know, as you guys got, you guys use hockey TV, right? Am I correct on that one? We use hockey TV and we also have live barn in our range right. for practices and things like that. Yeah. So we've got live barn out here. Uh, we have hockey TV as well for at the junior levels, but yeah, I mean, we, live barn, obviously out here. I know for myself, that's been a godsend because it's so much easier for me to just pick up stuff off games um, that I've been coaching or even practices or, Hey, there's any misconduct that happens. And, you know, you got to go back to a parent and say, yeah, Billy did mouth off to the coach and here's here it is. And actually you might be able to hear him depending on how close he is to the mic. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, I mean, nowadays that stuff's, you know, videos everywhere. Um, I mean, again, your phone, as you talked about before, you know, being able to take video right off your phone and, you know, diagram it up. There's apps, there's software programs, which, you know, we'll definitely probably get into a little bit later. Um, so yeah, video is definitely so much more prevalent today. And I wish I had the access to that, but you know, you even said it, you know, recruiting videos, this, and you know, doing that, you know, your highlights and like, we didn't have that for like, okay, we had the VHS stuff, but we, you know, okay, maybe my age group, we could send out a DVD maybe, but, uh, like now all that is is kid just get drops you his YouTube channel and there it is, you know, it, it's unreal. So I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, a strange area. I don't, I don't know why I said that. That makes no sense. It's definitely a different area, um, you know, for us coaches, but, uh, um, you know, using it though as a tool for the team has also come a long way and it's just so much easier to use, uh, for you guys at the, you know, with the wolves, how much video do you guys do? probably throughout a regular week that's a every every coach within the program is a little bit different but that's a great question and i think that you know we've actually carved out a section of our our training facility our, our rink um to make a video room and it's been a great resource for us um i would say on average the teams that some and some coach uses it more or less you know our youth coaches maybe getting there you know a couple times a month something like that um but then when it comes to our junior stuff, we're, we're utilizing video pretty much every day, um, whether it's individual meetings like throughout the week where you're breaking down a kid's shift, things that they did positively or negatively, whether it's pre-scouting your opponent, looking at their power play and their penalty kill or their special situations, or um, or you're utilizing it for like um, game reviews, like as a team, this is what we did well, this is what we didn't do well. Uh, and if you have a five-day you know, work week leading into your games. And there's so much information you can improve without stepping on the ice just by giving that information to players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know, I mean, for my level, again, we, I would schedule again, you know, and again, this is where I will be the first person to say it. And uh, I will 
you know, saying that I don't practice what I preach, uh, but I will be in the sense of I'm one of those people that feel like, you know, more information is, you know, you want more information. But, uh, yeah, I, I've done some pretty long video sessions, uh, typically like seven or eight clips maybe. But, you know, I expound on them a little too much, and I'm sure the kids just probably are sitting there just wanting to pound their heads into the wall. But, uh, you know, I so that's my my aspect of it. But, um you know, but for me growing up, we didn't have that. So I, I feel like it's like if I don't get that information out, you know, it's that fear of missing out. Like, did I give them enough information? Did I not? But I mean, the capabilities of it and the, you know, the amount of the schedule, like you said, five days a week, you know, you can pull kids to the side, talk about different shifts, talk with a team. I mean, that's crucial feedback and crucial for any player's development. I don't know why any player would not want to have that. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that um, they're also, you know, we actually utilize this software called Instat. If you, are you familiar at all with Instat? Yeah. Uh, so yes. Uh, yes. A little bit. So Instat is, um, it breaks it all down for you. So like hockey TV, you can make those 30 second clips and uh, get it sent to your email or somebody else's email. Uh, but the Instat is like the technology is right in front of you. So if you want to look up just uh, Connor McDavid shifts, whatever uh, he has all, 25 of his shifts over the course of a game and you can download them right to your, your phone or your, or your uh, email. And it's all right in front of you. Uh, all your power plays are all broken down. Bam. All like five of your power plays, all five of your penalty kills. And uh, so what, on my, my first start of that, I said that we used it. For, I originally used a video for recruiting or like getting recruited. Now we found the technology's caught up and gone all the way around. So it, it's, it's got better at, individual player improvement and player development. But now we can take that information of, you know, Connor McDavid shifts and I can send those off in an email to a college coach and he can see his entire game without watching the entire game. Um, so the technology is fantastic. Now, how does, so when when you say that, you know, again, you're talking about it and I know huddles another popular uh, software editing tool, but instead, how do they, who comes up is there someone sitting there just like putting down okay you know pressing here's kind of start of his shift here's the end of it is it is it like basically almost ai like how does that work it's a russian troll farm it's uh, <laughs> it's uh vladimir and sergey in northern siberia and they do a great job of identifying uh between the players Bit- <laughs> bitcoin mining <laughs> exactly exactly their cobalt mining is well and on part-time and uh <laughs> no i have no idea actually i think it's some, some ai but i really have no idea um and i probably if i did know it'd probably make my brain explode yeah you just you know you just know how to use it and get the information that's all that matters but uh we do actually have a uh pretty uh pretty awesome guest today do you want to uh share yeah, so we have Mike King. Mike King is the video coach for the Ottawa Centers, and he's also worked for USA Hockey at their World Championships. Uh, he's a fantastic young video coach who grew up here in northern New Hampshire. Uh, he'll get into his backstory a little bit, but uh, he's a great example of a person who wanted to be a coach uh, and understands as a deep, deep love and passion for the game, and he kind of grew within the game. Uh, once his career ended, he wanted to stay in the game, so he found a way to coach. He uh, you know, got really good at technology, and now he finds himself at the best league in the world with an up-and-coming organization in the Ottawa Senators. Um, so he's an exciting guy and gives a lot of great information for us. <laughs> All right, hockey fans, welcome to the podcast. Mike King. Mike is, is the 
video coach for the Ottawa Centers. He's done a tremendous amount of work with USA Hockey. He's an excellent resource for coaches of all ages and trying to learn more about the, the details of the game when it comes to video coaching. So welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hi, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Great. Well, I got a couple questions for you right off the bat, Mike. Um, we had a, Dave Starman was on the podcast last week, and he talked a lot a bit about you know the strength and the um, importance of video coaching with youth athletes and hockey players in particular. Um, now, you're dealing with a different beast a little bit. You're dealing with professional athletes who are at the top of their game. But on average, would you say, how long would you say are the average video sessions um, that you do or your coaches do with um, players individually? Um, in, I mean, I guess, I guess there's two two ends of the spectrum on, on the first question. So, um, you know, individual video, um, a little bit of a different beast in the sense that, you know, a coach may spend, you know, uh, two minutes with a player or 10 minutes with a player, just depending on, you know, certain situations and, um, kind of, I guess at, at the NHL level would just be based on performance, I guess. Right. If, if they're trying to get, um, you know, a certain player playing better, um, you know, if they're struggling in certain areas and they may spend more time in, um, on the video side with, you know, that player in the particular area. Um, also, you know, kind of depending on the experience of the player. So like a, a younger player that's just kind of breaking into the league or a veteran player may receive different, um, you know, amounts of time on, uh, with feedback video wise from a coach um, at any point during the season. Right. So, I mean, like a, a player that's played you know, 800 plus games in the NHL would probably see less video from a, from a coach than a guy that's, you know, 23 games into his career. Right. So, I mean, like any situation um, like that, I mean, I guess, depending on, you know, again, like if the player really, really loves getting video, um, then obviously the coach will, you know, has plenty of time for that player and, and we'll make sure we have stuff prepared for that player um, if he wants to see it. But I mean, if you got a guy that's a veteran player that doesn't need every day, then, then obviously we'll back off in that sense. And, and, you know, only when he kind of requests it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, we were yeah. talking a little bit last week about, uh, you know, tailoring your video sessions to your audience. And that, that's a perfect example of that, whether you have yeah. a guy who's been in a league for 15 years or a guy who's been in a league for 15 games, you yeah. got to preach to your audience. Um, and that brings up another, you know, question about, you know, player development. Um, what is, what is an example that you've seen of, really where video coaching and feedback from video has really impacted positively a player's game? Um, so, I mean, like, you know, there, there's multiple examples, I mean, but I guess, you know, one particular instance that I think that, you know, just, just comes up, I mean, uh, based on just uh, an American league experience that I've had. Um, so prior to, to working in Ottawa, I was in Hershey in the American league um, for four years. So, I mean, there's a little bit more time spent on development in the American league than, than in the NHL. Not that that doesn't go on in the NHL, but the, the structure of the schedule is, uh, a weekend league for the most part. And so you have, you know, that, that, uh, you know, like Monday through Thursday, basically to, you know, work through development processes with the players. Um, so, but like, for instance, what I would do in Hershey would be, you know, let's say a player is struggling with wall play, right? So when pucks come up on the, the yellow or um, in breakout situations or D zone situations where the puck needs to get out into the neutral zone, um, you know, I, if we have a player that's struggling with that situation, we would, you know, obviously have the footage on tape, um, you know, 
cut up whatever else from the games, but then also film them during practice in those same situations. So you're generating, you know, game-like scenarios for that player that obviously is an area that he's struggled in and, you know, obviously needs to improve in. So you're setting up scenarios in practice that would, uh, you know, simulate a game um, and hopefully improve those, those situations. So obviously that type of stuff happens all the time in the American league and in the NHL with, with, you know, certain situations, but just from my personal standpoint, um, you know, like I was, when I was in Hershey, I was in charge of, of, you know, obviously filming practices and, and having that footage available for players if they wanted it or for the coaches. Um, and then we would kind of, you know, culminate all that video together and, and over the course of the season and hopefully at, at, you know, when the games become a little bit more important towards the end of the year and playoffs, that player has improved in those situations, if that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's great, Mike. I think, yeah. um, you know, you're a former New Hampshire high school hockey player at one point, <laughs> one point, one stoppage in your career. So uh, I think yeah. that's actually brings up an interesting <laughs> point. Like we were talking, Trevor, a while back and I, how, um, you know, the high school model is a really tough model because you've got like one or two days of practice then you have a game, then one sure. or two days of practice, then a game, whereas junior hockey has like five days of practice. Yep. And then it's a weekend league, similar to the American League. Um, yep, with that, with that kind of in, in mind, um, you know, you, your, your journey through hockey, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I always think, you know, you're a great example of a guy who has a passion for the game and found his way in the game. Tell us a little bit about your journey through the game. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, like I, you know, I, I obviously love hockey. I mean, I've, I've been involved with it my whole entire life from, you know, um, early on to, to current day, I guess. Um, I mean, I grew up in, in Conway, New Hampshire, which is not necessarily a hockey hotbed. I, I know that you've spent a little bit of time there. Um, so they, uh, but I mean, at the same time, like, um, you know, I grew up just playing outside in, in local outdoor rinks because they didn't have the ham arena, which is the, you know, obviously the current arena that they, they facilitate there. Um, so I think my first year of organized, like really organized hockey was my first year of peewee. Um, so I think, I think that's, I, I may be mistaken, but probably 11 years old, 12 years old, if that hasn't changed, maybe a little bit earlier. I'm, I'm, Wait, you weren't on any AAA Mike teams? No trip negative. No, that is not a, no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, Sorry, I know. I got what you're going with there, but, <laughs> um, no, like I, so, I mean, we played outside, like, I mean, North Conway had a rink right across in Schuler park. Um, if you're both familiar with that. And then, um, the fire station in Conway had a rink and that was it. So the only, the only indoor rink that we played in up until I was, like I said, first year people would have been Wolfboro at that point in time had an indoor rink, which might as well have been an outdoor rink at that point, but it's, it's um, just based on the temperature. <laughs> um, but no, so I mean, obviously through youth hockey, I didn't have much exposure to organized hockey until Pee Wee. So once the rink was built and, you know, Mount Washington Valley youth hockey kind of had like a uh, established, um, you know, area or, or place to play, um, you know, and just the ice available in the summertime, right? Like, I mean, I never had, I never went to a camp probably until I was 15 years old. And, and again, I didn't amount to being a, you know, an NHL player by anywhere even close to the margin. But I mean, like coming from Conway to play, you know, to go to junior hockey and play junior and then go to uh, university and play in college. Like that was, you know, for me was, was a, 
you know, just like, oh, that's all they ever wanted, right? Like, I mean, in that sense, just to be able to continue to play um, at an organized level where people cared about the game and, and obviously I could learn, you know, from different coaches. So, um, you know, that was my, my path wasn't, um, you know, I just loved it and I worked at it and whatever else. So, I mean, I, I played in high school, had a lot of success in high school as a, you know, an individual player. We lost in a couple state championship games at Kennett. Um, you know, but I, I had made a couple all state teams and different things, just kind of building my confidence as a player. Um, but never really having any like real, you know, skill development, you know, it, it, skill development stuff has kind of come, you know, to the forefront in the last, you know, maybe 10 years, right. 10, like where guys are working on individual skills. I mean, I'm, you know, I just, I never had that. Right. So what you guys are doing and I know Andrew, like when you got what you do with scoring concepts, like, um, you know, obviously is, is tailored towards that development side, which we didn't, I didn't get when I was a kid. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, for me, um, post hockey, I've had way more success, you know, as a, uh, in a coaching role than I have in a, a playing role. That's for sure. Um, so, just to f- wrap up quickly, so I don't take too long on the question, <laughs> but I apologize. No, um, it's all so good. Post um, post playing, I got in, on the development side, so I, I um, worked at the the hockey academy, which was uh, run by John Faunus, Dan Faunus, um, which is was based out of Hudson at the time for about a year, and then from there, I took a full time job in Sudbury, Ontario, um, with the Sudbury Wolves and a, a training facility up there. Um, working in player development, working with kids, and then all the way up through NHL players in the summertime. Um, and then from there, got a job in uh, Hershey in the American League as a video coach. That was my transition from development to video. Um, and I spent four years in Hershey, and then I've just finished my fourth in um, Ottawa as the video coach there. Um, and then sprinkled in there would be three trips to the men's national tournaments with the with USA hockey uh, in Riga, Latvia, and then twice in Tempere, which I just finished up my third one. So hopefully, um, you know, I can continue to do some of that down the road, but yeah. So uh, a quick little, uh, or maybe a longer, <laughs> longer explanation of uh, kind of my path to where I'm at right now. No, I think that's great stuff though. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, coming out of college, it was like uh, time to get a job in the real world and all these opportunities were didn't always appear before you, but now, you know, guys like yourself have just found a way in the game and you're doing something you're super passionate about that you have a real love love for and you've made a career out of it so congratulations mike it's been it's it's a great journey and uh, it said it it gives a lot of hope to a lot of kids for sure uh i got one more question for you before i turn it over to trevor um yeah, what, are some, sure. what, are, what are some of the best tools that you've found for youth coaches like if you were to give advice to a youth coach um what are some I mean, this might not be right in your wheelhouse but what are some things you could tell a youth coach if they want to implement video into their practices? Um, are you talking just from like a, um, you know, like showing video of their team, like uh, like a game footage prior to a practice? Is that what you're kind of coming with? Yeah, or like, or like you know, you said you guys use use video for, for your, your practices. You sure. record that yep. and implement that into their next practice plan. Like what are ways you think that could benefit youth athletes um, from yeah. a coaching perspective with video? Oh. I mean, there's, I mean, nowadays, like with the tech, with technology, like, I mean, and again, like just with your cell phone, like you can have, there's so much available, like 
that you can send out to players and like free applications and different things that are valuable for, you know, for youth coaches. I mean, like think about when you're at a game or whatever else, like every parent is filming their kid. Right. So, I mean, if, <laughs> if there's a way to, you know, implement some type of feedback for your players, especially in situations where you're paying for ice time and you're limited to, let's say three hours a week of, of practice ice. Right. So if there's, if you're a coach and you're passionate about coaching and, you know, you're in it for the right reasons and you're just trying to help kids come along um, and develop into better players down the road, whether you go along with them or, or you pass them on to another coach, like you can use, you know, resources, technology resources, video wise to, to help your kids out. I mean, like whether that just be, you know, filming all the kids from, you know, with skating, you know, skating stride development from, you know, practice number one of the season and maybe implement um, some structure in there every practice with skating or at least one one out of the two practices and then kind of have a natural progression from there and then have a you know a day one to a day you know or practice excuse me practice one to practice 60 of the year and you know hopefully there's some development you know from certain situations whether it be crossovers and different things but like that's just one example I'm just kind of you know obviously I think it's important for youth coaches to be able to show the parents that are playing or or paying for their kids to play some type of development right so like that's what the Absolutely. parents are paying for is is um you know some knowledge of the game and some some you know commitment to developing their child whether the kid ever plays a college game or a triple a game it's just the parents just want to have make sure the kid's getting better and having fun i think that's the most important thing so i, I couldn't agree more Tre yeah. trevor what do you have for mike so, Mike, without giving away probably any trade secrets for what, uh, you know, the big club that you work for, what... Uh, <laughs> no secrets, though. <laughs> throughout the season, how long, you know, when when you guys do team, let's say, even if it's not like power play or special teams yeah. uh, meetings, like as a team, though, like when you're going to do maybe a pre-scout or sure. just anything in general, how long do your sessions typically last? I would say uh, five minutes or less at the most. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I mean, I, like, again, there are some times where we have longer um, video sessions or, or, or teaching segments, you know what I mean, in regards to that stuff. But, like, you have a short amount of time to deliver a certain amount of information to a team to prepare them for the game. Like, guys aren't going to, most players, okay, or or at least at, at the NHL level, I, 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 I can't speak for them directly, but I just, from my experience, I would just say you have their attention for about five minutes. So like, I mean, and I can't imagine it's much longer with young kids, you know, what oh, I mean? like no. you, you have to think that, you know, you're, you're getting the, the information that they're taking in nowadays with social media applications and all this stuff is, is like 30 second segments of, of information, right? Like, so like for our guys, when when DJ, who's our head coach, and I go through the video and we prepare it for the team and make sure that it has what we need in there, whether the, whether it be pre-scout information on a new team or our own video of like a review situation where, you know, we're going through kind of some of the positives or negatives of our game prior to, like it is the it's pretty tight, like as far as like the, the video and, and the area that we're looking to improve or the area that we're trying to, um, you know, give information on, on the opposition. Right. So like, I would say five minutes or less. I mean, if you talk to a player 
five minutes after the meeting and you ask them whatever we went through, hopefully they can retain that information. But I would say if it's any longer than that, you know, they're going to lose in minute eight or nine. Right. Like, I just think it's 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 got to be pretty quick. So that's just I mean, again, everyone is different. And I, and I know that other teams in the NHL and the American League and different levels have longer meetings. And that's, you know, their cup of tea. And that's but I for me, I know our group is is we try to keep it pretty tight to like a five minute window of, of that meeting, you know probably talk about that a little bit later more but uh yeah. it's funny you say that because i went to a coach's clinic and blackhawks hosted and they said yeah that um you know like they went anywhere past five minutes like dustin bufflin would be snoozing in the corner so um i think it's great that uh you know it's just funny how you got the the adults you know they can only get past five minutes but um you know as a video coach you know you're not behind the bench um no. correct that's correct. Okay, yes. just making sure. Yes. Double checking. Yep. So, um, you know, what does a game day look like for you? Like, what's your routine look like schedule wise? Um, you know, can you, can you share any of that info? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. So I mean, you know, it, it it it's pretty similar day to day. Um, you know, whether it's a practice day or a game day. Obviously, game days have an evening. You know, that's a little. You know, obviously occupied with the the game. Um, but I would just say that. I'm early to the rink, so I, I'm there, you know, super early, uh, just before the coaches get in there. That way, I can prepare all the video that needs to be prepared. You know, either it's pre-scout information or, or pre-scout video that I have to catch up on from, you know, the previous night's games. Because you know, even if we're off, um, not playing a game, you know, other teams in the NHL that we're going to be playing, um, you know, soon or within within that week, may be playing. So I have that to prepare that video to make sure that I'm staying ahead of schedule. Um, so on a practice day, you know, I'm there, you know, right around probably a little before five o'clock in the morning. So, and then just getting that stuff ready. Coaches usually show up between, you know, six and seven. And then, you know, we're going through kind of what the practice day looks like. Um, if we're showing video before practice, the team will practice. And then they kind of, dissolves a little bit around you know 3 p.m i would say and then on a game day it's the same kind of arrival time um obviously there's a little bit of buffer time in between meetings um you know meetings and lunch and and then obviously players will go home and rest before the game and then come back um so i mean those nights get a little bit long and then if you do end up traveling i mean that's the other kind of part that is forgotten a little bit i mean if you're on the road or or you're traveling after a game, you know, those types of days get longer as well, where maybe if you play a home game, you know, you're getting on the plane at 11 o'clock and you're landing in the next city at, you know, 1.30 in the morning, getting the coaches room set up for the coaches and then, you know, getting back to the hotel at three o'clock in the morning and then getting up the next morning and you're starting the next day for the game day, right? So there's there's um, some time that's lost for sure during the season, um, but I would just say that, yeah, I mean, it's, there's, I, I basically am, I'm, I'm, we're working every day and, and not just myself. I mean, it's not, a, I, you know, I know we're talking about me, but I mean, the, the other coaches are there, we're there every day from basically September one until the end of our season, except for like Christmas and, you know, maybe a couple, you know, uh, the NHL all-star break. So, I mean, that's basically, you know, you get probably, let's say 10 days out of nine months that you're, uh, not at the arena. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's, that's Which isn't a bad thing. And I love, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not making it, I don't want to make it sound bad. I, 
I love it. Like I'm, I'm there every day. I want to be there. Um, oh, as new coaches. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, and, and there's, you know, a hundred people that would want to be in my position. So I, I just go into my work days every day, just knowing that, you know, there's many people that would want to be in my spot. Right. So I just know that I, you know, that's kind of my mentality is just that I, you know, I know that how lucky I am to be involved with the, where I'm at. So I, you know, I just kind of take it like that. So. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on the podcast. I know that, uh, you know, Ottawa is on the, on the up and up. So we're going to be watching for them as they kind of move into their, their contending part of their, their rebuild phase here. And, uh, for sure. A big, yes. A big part of that. So thanks again, Mike, for jumping on with us. Really appreciate it. No, I, I appreciate you guys for having me. And, um, you know, I appreciate what you guys are doing for, for hockey. Just even having a podcast like this is awesome. So I, I appreciate it. Thank you. So thanks again to Mike King. I uh, really appreciate you spending some time with Trevor and I here on the podcast. Trevor, what were some of the big uh, key points that you took from that interview? Uh, so again, yeah, first, thank you, Mike. We uh, greatly appreciate you taking some time out of a little bit of your uh, vacation there out, uh, you know, getting uh, getting off of the uh, World Championships or Team USA. Uh, you know, some of the big takeaways, and I've already said it, you know, earlier before we did the interview, um, that, uh, you know, the pros are, they're talking like they're doing five-minute video sessions. This is, we're talking about adults, you know. Um, where they're showing five minutes to guys that are 30 in their thirties. So I think it's kind of asinine and silly to think that, uh, you know, we should expect kids to retain or even, you know, be able to sit through these 30 to 45 minute sessions of video. And again, I'm my, I want to say I'm a hypocrite. It's one thing that I'm trying to change and I'm am changing as I move on. Um, cause it's something that I, I don't even want to spend too much time doing, but, uh, I, you know, as a coach, I need to get better with that. Um, shorten my time. And, um, again, if the best in the world, if they're only able to pay attention for five minutes before, as I said, like Dustin Bufflin, like I forgot who it was. I don't, he was Torchetti. I don't remember who it was, you know, said, yeah, he'd be sitting there snoozing in the meeting, like anything past five minutes. Like if those guys can't, you know, can only do five minutes, then. Why should we expect, you know, kids that are peewees, bantams, even midgets to get any further than that? So that one was fantastic information, uh, just as well as, you know, kind of like what goes on in this day to day as a video coach, because I, I think a lot of people just assume, oh, OK, he shows up, he watches video and maybe he cuts it, this, this and that. But I mean, his days sound great in the sense of you get to work in hockey, but they sound long and very I can see how it could be a very draining job. How about yourself, coach? What do you think? Yeah. So just kind of piggybacking on what you said, uh, you know, I've watched or been around other coaches who've watched whole games with their teams. And I would just, I'd say you got to look at your audience and less is more. You're not going to get better just by watching more hockey. Cause you have to like recognize that these kids, they watch, TikTok videos and they watch YouTube or reels on, on, on Instagram. And it's a 15 second, 20 second clip. Yeah. And that's it. So if you can, it may take you for like a longer build and you may have to show multiple clips over a longer period of time, but they'll retain that information more. um, If you show the same clip 
maybe twice in a week for 30 seconds each time rather than, oh, I'm going to show a 30-minute piece. Um, it's a longer bill, but it, it re they retain that information more. Um, so I thought that was great information from Mike in regards to that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and like I said, I mean, I didn't say it, but my, uh, you know, just getting my cousins to go and watch, like, I don't know, the Fast and the Furious movie that just came out. Like, they looked like they were starting to get bored, and I'm just like, guys, what are you talking about? This car flying over this other car in space, like, how is that not entertaining? Like, why are you... So I, I get the whole, like, kids these days, you know, you got their attention span from, you know, as you said, TikTok and Instagram and all that stuff, you know, 15, 20 seconds. I mean, that's the sweet spot right there for those guys. So, um, again, I mean, there's a lot of great information there. Um, and uh, we do appreciate uh, Mike coming on. So, thanks again, Mike. Absolutely. Now, before we get to our five myths, Trevor, I got to ask you a very serious question here. Okay. What's your Stanley Cup prediction? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? I, I just – I like the way the Panthers play. Um, so I'm probably going to say Panthers in six. How about yourself? I'm going to say same thing. I'm going Panthers, whether it's five or six, I don't think it's going seven. I think, uh, they're the best team in the world right now. They beat, they beat the Bruins. They went through Carolina. Like, I mean, Carolina <sighs> destroyed the devils and they, 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 they beat them at four. I mean, they are, they're good. <laughs> I, and you know, it was funny. I was reading today on the uh, on the athletic about how you know with the uh, the Kachuk trade, you know Brad Trembling, who just got named uh, the new uh, Leafs uh, GM, you know how that was such a big deal. But you know it kind of worked out for everybody, and, and but a lot of people feel, oh hey, you know it really worked out for Florida, you know better. And obviously, that's just you know you know recency bias. But uh, I mean, he's playing. He's great for the league. I mean, he's he's doing it all. Um, you know, there's a guy where they should be marketing, and I know the NHL is marketing the hell out of him. Um, but he's fun to watch. I mean, that whole team is just fun to watch, and they've got a hot goaltender. And you know, when you got a hot goaltender, anything can happen. I was watching with my wife the other day um, that big hit by was it Reinhardt behind the net on Slavin? Was it? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. And I was like, these guys are like, I was like, Joe, like they're not fooling around. <laughs> No, no, no. Like they are, they're playing though. They are playing hockey out there. That is a man's game they are playing. And Slavin's a big boy too. And that was, and I thought that was a clean hit all the way. And, and, was, and again, it's not, and right now, I'm not saying that he's small, but he's not, he's not like, you know, a Lucic type guy. And he, he plants them good. I mean, as you said, yeah, these guys are not messing around and it's, They've got depth up and down the, that uh, whole team. So I would not uh, – as much as Vegas, I know, just has quality talent as well. I just – I think Bob Brofsky's now going to yeah. prove to everybody that, hey, you know what, uh, okay, this is worth my, – my contract's worth it. Yeah, and like if, 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 if all, everything's the same, you know, if your forwards, defense, all your depth is the same, you got to go with the hot goaltender, right? Yeah, and you just can't. You can't top that. Then next, I mean, next year he'll probably just fall back into his previous ways. <laughs> but hey, at least you got Spencer, the ring, right? Spencer Knight in twenty four, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I just the one thing that I will say that aggravates me about this whole Stanley Cup, you know, especially the one we got down the, you know, as we'll call it, the Frozen Four here, was the fact of how many people were complaining that it was all non traditional hockey markets. 
Um, and again, these weren't these weren't like your typical. Okay, they're not writers or anything like that, but it's just your your general people BSing and complaining on Twitter and stuff like that. But like, who cares? It's g- still been great hockey. You know, I mean, yeah, sure. Would we Definitely. everybody like to be? Would would it be great if they were Toronto, a Toronto team? Well, no, because I don't like Toronto. But would it be great if it was, you know, the Devils or something like that? For sure. Like, you know, or you know, some of these upper, you know, north uh, in the North American side here of uh, you know the country. It's yeah, would it be great? Yeah, but you know what? Who cares? You're still watching good hockey. Who cares where the team's from? You know, the team's got a bunch of Canadians. Team's got a bunch of American players, like and some Europeans. So it's like it's not the game. It, it's just enjoy it. Who cares? But that's been my biggest gripe. It's just listening to these people say, "Oh, you know, nobody cares." You know, in Miami about hockey, like, well, sure, they're doing pretty well right now. They're they're selling some tickets, and who cares? Like, are is that if that's what you're caring about? Then you're not you're not watching the hockey game. You're not here for the hockey game. You're here to bitch and complain because your team's not in the playoffs. And I would say the same thing too. It's like when it comes to those expansion franchises, right? So you have Vegas comes out of the shoot and they're successful. Wouldn't you rather have a team be really successful and establish itself so it can build for the future and can be established in that market rather than a team like go to Atlanta, be terrible for two years, go to Calgary, then go back to Atlanta, be terrible for five years, and go to Winnipeg? No, you want them to come out of the shoot and be successful so they can build a fan base. And that's the thing. People just forget, you know, what it was when, like, Nashville came in the league, when the Wild came in the league, when, again, as you said, Thrashers, you know, Atlanta, their second time back in the league. Uh, I know I'm forgetting one here off the top of my head that was in around the same time, but... Uh, Phoenix? Or, you know, Phoenix, yeah. Well, <laughs> they're, they're the exception to the rule. Um, you know, but they had some good years, too. I mean, back when Ronick and Kachuk were out there, you had, you know... Poopa Nut and you had Tepa Newmanin and Shane Doan and I'm really dating myself here, but uh, well, great players though, great oh, players, great players. But yeah, I mean, and Javi Bullen was a goalie at one point. So anyhow, but yeah, I mean, again, I think it it does well for those markets. Um, you know, I've got family and friends uh, down the like Tampa area, and they couldn't tell like they can't tell me enough about how big hockey has grown over the last five, six, seven years. Um, even longer, but who cares? Like, again, it's, it's great for those areas. It's great for the game because you're hoping that you're growing the game. Um, you know, which again, hopefully you might find some, you know, your, your next look at Matthews. Okay. Coming from Phoenix, not a traditional hockey market, no matter how much Gary Bevin wants to push it. Okay. But like, there's, there's a superstar in your league, probably one of the top five players in the NHL if not in the top three. Okay. Definitely. What, what happened? Who's to say that you're not going to have, I mean, Charlotte, they've got a huge hockey or, you know, you know, youth hockey market. I mean, again, Florida's picking up. Who, who's to say that the next NHL superstar, one of the next ones, cause there's going to be a bunch, um, isn't in any of these areas, isn't in Vegas right now, isn't in, um, you know, Miami again, it, the opportunity is there and it, all it takes is for a kid to say, Hey, you know what? I really like this mom. Dad, can I give it a try? And as we've talked about before, how we, you can make hockey, you know, financially feasible, you know, the sky's the limit. So, uh, I, again, I'm happy to see these teams that are typically not your normal hockey markets. Um, uh, because honestly, I, I just want to see good hockey and I don't have to, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's what <laughs> I, I would say this too. Like, um, if you want, <laughs> if you want to continue to grow the game, which I think 
you know, USA Hockey wants to do. The next step is growing college hockey as well. So, you know, if you establish the Vegas Knights have come in the league, they've been successful. Um, the whole western part of the U.S. has no college hockey except for Arizona State, which ironically has an NHL team in its state. Um, that's the next step is growing college hockey. I mean, our, our top player, our top scorer last year on our EHL team was Heath Mensch. Uh, he was from Vegas. Um, and then he came out and, you know, he had 60 points in the EHL. There was a lot of Division three colleges who were looking at him for next year. But he, he doesn't want to go to a school in the MASCAC. He's a Vegas kid. He was like, I'm just going to go play ACHA Division One at UNLV because I like Vegas. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot more kids like that who are capable of playing college hockey, but they they like the western part of the U.S. better. And we the college hockey is going to be coming to the West Coast in in the near future. Okay. You know what? If it's not coming to Illinois, then it might as well go out there. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's not in Illinois. That's nah, insane. That's it's too bad. So Lake well, Forest for D one. Yeah, something. I don't even care. U of I, NIU, any of these schools, please, for the love of God, get us a team, preferably in the area, so I can go and watch. But uh so yeah, we uh came up this week with uh the five myths. Um and it's uh five myths of video coaching, but I think it's more or less five myths of just using video in general. Um you know, within hockey. Um, and I actually, this week, got blessed with doing the the first one. I thought, uh, you know, I got 32 this week. Yeah, I thought, uh, I was like, oh, man, when I when you sent that, I was like, oh, all right, I'll give it a shot. It's going to be a rough one. But uh, I came up with, I feel like, three quality ones. I know we've touched on them a little bit. But uh, I think number one, um, you know, one of the things is that video sessions are difficult. Um, that's, I think that's a myth. I think video sessions, um, can they be a little bit of time consuming a little bit? Um, you know, the setup, the breakdown, depending on where you are, you know, at the junior level, it's a little bit easier per se, because you've got a dedicated area. You've probably got a set TV at the younger levels. You probably got a wheel in a TV somewhere. You got to rent out a room or something at the rink. Um, but I'll, you know, so it, but again, difficult, it might just be a tad more time consuming. I don't think it's difficult. I think difficult is just an excuse. So you don't have to do it. Um, now that doesn't mean that as coaches or hockey directors or directors of programs, whatever, um, helping out, you know, coaches that are not as techno technologically advanced. I think we should be able to help them more. Um, you know, even if it's just, again, you got coaches that are just don't know how to use live barn, don't know how to use whatever, don't know how to set up a laptop. There's no reason why one of the higher ups can't come in and say, okay, what did you want me to show them? All right, I'll pull this. And then there you go. There's your five minutes. That goes a lot so far compared to not doing anything. I've heard parents complain this and that. Oh, my coach, we, we did two video sessions where, you know, my team's doing it once a week. Um, so again, video sessions, can they be difficult? Maybe depending on your situation, if your rink doesn't have the amenities, but I think it's more of a, an excuse than an actual legit like truth. I agree with you, Trevor. I think that um, that's kind of a cop out, like that it's easy, it's too difficult to set up. It's too time consuming. I, th I would implore every youth hockey coach who's listening to this to designate a parent, just like you have a team manager for your team, to focus on one piece of hockey, and you can you know as the coach you can tell them what they would like to record. 
during the games throughout the first three months of their next season, September, October, November. Uh, week one, say, Mom and Dad, just record for me three D-zone face-offs and then show that to your team in, in their games for that weekend. Next weekend, record for me uh, three offensive zone face-offs. Then the next week, record for me as we're entering the offensive zone and there's a loose puck or the other team has it, so our four check. And just break it down like that. And if a parent can provide you three clips, you can get so much information from those three clips. And you can share that with your team. And it requires no more work on your end. Just to, all you have to do is spend that 90 seconds and share the, that information. Absolutely. I Yep, absolutely. What do you got for two, Coach? Two, I got you have to watch full games. We've talked about this. Uh, if you're watching full games at this point, uh, you're a dinosaur. You got, you got to watch clips. You got to watch short stuff to keep the kids' attention. And you got to um, tailor to your audience. They don't watch full games of NHL teams. You think they're going to watch full games of Little Johnny play? No, Little Johnny's not as good as Connor McDavid, so it's not as entertaining. No, no. I mean, I, I can't even. If I'm watching a full game as a coach, it's you just got a ass kick. There's no way in hell I'm rewatching that game all over again either, because I will. I don't want my blood pressure to get too high. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, there's no reason for anybody to be watching full games. That's that's just silly and way too much time. So there's no disagreement there. I mean, so number three is uh, you need to spend big time dollars for proper tools. Um, And uh, again, we we've touched on a little bit, but there are tools out there that you can go full tilt on. Obviously, you know, the junior level, college level, even AAA level, you guys are using, you know, like Instat, you guys are using some pretty, you know, huddle, some pretty serious stuff. Um, but at the youth level, honestly, what I've used is very simple. I go and I, if I need in the middle of a game, if I want to make sure we see something in video, all my coaches trifold the card there and I'll write down the time and what I'm looking for. And then when I go back home, um, and I decide I'm going to just get the video, I go to live barn, I pull up the exact time I've got the video and live barn has it so I can download 30 second clips. So all I got to do is download that that 30 seconds, whatever I want, and maybe it's a minute. I can download that whole thing. You know, now I have it. And what does that cost me? It costs me, you know, a live barn subscription. Some clubs already have them. Uh, some don't. Uh, some of us coaches, you know, you can write them off. Um, you can write it off as a tool uh, on your taxes. So, you know, use that. Um, you don't need all the fancy tools and stuff. Um, you know, you need a laptop, uh, an iPad whatever you want to use, whatever you've pulled it off of. You, that's all you need. Live Barn and Hockey TV are great tools, and you can get a subscription of that. That's great. But you can also use the tools that are at, at your own disposal. Use your phone. Use your iPad. And in the um, early part of your season, get your assistant coach to record each individual player uh, as they're doing a drill um, and just give that feedback to them as they come and wait in line. And, and that's an iPad right. that you already have at your disposal and you don't need to spend any more money on. That's a perfect way to use that. So again, it, there's no reason for anybody to, you know, say, you don't need all the fancy tools. Let let the one, let the professionals, or the ones that are at the high, much higher levels, let them. That's who those are catered to. Uh, so again, you don't have to make it too expensive. So, uh, coach, yeah, what do you got for number four then? Number four, I have every video session has to be about hockey. Uh, at the end of the day, you know. When we're coaches, we're developing young men who are part of a team. Uh, and I think some of the most impactful video sessions I've had have been 
stuff like early in the season, we've had some stuff we used TED Talks or we used interviews with certain people who've been captains in the game. Um, I think uh, Coach Kuhn's uh, with the REHL team did a great uh, video session that involved some of uh, one of the, the recent 30 for 30s. Uh, just showed, you know, three or four minutes of uh, a section of that uh, 30 for 30, and it resonated with the team. Um, so you don't always have to show clips to make an impact. You don't always have to show hockey to have an impact. You can show stuff that shows the broader picture and what you're trying to accomplish as a cohesive unit and create more buy-in with your team by using stuff that's outside hockey but also relates to the team concept. Please tell me that the 30 for 30 was the uh, the bad boys uh, Pistons one. <laughs> no, I think it actually was the – he showed one of the bullies of Baltimore, that one. <laughs> I, th- I think it was uh, like one of the guys had to ch- you know modify his game and change his game and um, – I forget what it was, but it was it was it was good. It was really good. It made I, sense at the time. I want to see the the intimidation factor. I want to see the you, you're taking it to the net. You better get your head up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I don't disagree. I mean, there's a ton of different stuff and ways you can do it, and you've, you've probably heard or read of numerous coaches and even at the pro level who've shown, as you said, not only TED talks but like you know interviews of you know soldiers and you know you, you try to you don't want to get too much like hockey's like war or whatever but you know they they talk about their experiences and what it means for commitment and you know leadership so i uh, I, I don't disagree with that and then uh so number five here is uh finding exact video is tough and when i when i say that is you know you've mentioned it before um you know, defense's own face-offs, offense's own face-offs, four checks, this, this, and that. I like to make sure that I'm not only showing the kids or the players themselves, like what they're doing, but also like what they're doing at the like pro level. How does this translate? Showing like what the pros do. I think that's hugely impactful. Um, you know, and again, one of the things I've, I've heard before is, oh, it takes forever to find something like that. Honestly, if you know what you're looking for, you've got YouTube. You've got Google. There's numerous people on Twitter who are cutting video, sharing video. Um, you know, one of which is Mitch Jaguar, uh, who I've used this last entire year. He put it out a video a day of just different situations that uh, you know I'm able to save right into my laptop uh, library here. I mean, if you know what you're looking for, you just got to know the tool to use it. And again, YouTube's huge. Um, there are ways you can download videos off of YouTube, which are probably not legal, but I don't know. I don't, I, I do it anyways. Um, and then, uh, you know, you've got, uh, other ways of just finding video. I mean, so to say that, oh, I can't, you know, I'm looking for this exact situation, reach out, look around for it. Um, you know, do, do the job, do a little bit of the effort. Um, and it does go a whole, you know, a long way. Instead of just saying, ah, it's going to be too tough for me to find, you know, videos of, you know, three on twos or two on two videos. Like, no, just, just do a little bit extra work. Uh, and it does go a long way. That, that reminds me, you know, I think one of the most impactful video sessions I ever had was, um, we went in, we went into a showcase. We were kind of, uh, we had a couple injuries. We had a couple kids who were sick. Uh, this is probably 10 years ago now or eight, nine years ago now. Uh, and the roster size was limited because it was USA hockey. So we had like, we had 20-something guys, and now we're, if we got five guys out, we're really playing with a shorthanded lineup. Uh, so I was I looked at the previous night's NHL games, 
And one of the teams was playing with a similar roster, really decimated today, a lot of AHL call-ups. But they won the game like three to two in, in the final minute. I mean, like they blocked five shots. They made a bunch of hard plays in the defensive zone. To, uh, they won a face-off to, just to, to seal the game. And uh, I showed that clip. I said, guys, this is the level we have to work at. If we want to win these next couple games over this showcase weekend, we're going to have to bring this type of intensity in the final minute throughout the entire, you know, throughout the entire contest. We want to be successful. This team did it with a similar lineup of AHL guys playing against NHL guys. We got guys sick. We got guys injured. We can do it too. And I thought that was, you know, not patting myself on the back too much, but uh, no, you know, I, no. I, I thought it was an impactful, you know, impactful video session. We won a bunch of those games. So um, like you said, you don't always have to show a specific thing. It can be about a mentality. No, yeah, I, and again, so it's uh, those are uh, that this week's uh, five myths. So, uh, Coach, before we uh, hang her up here, uh, you got anything you want to add? No, just looking forward to some upcoming. You got some great guests coming up. Um, I think these last couple episodes have been really, really great information for coaches. So it's exciting to see where this podcast is going. Yeah, definitely. So if anyone out there has any questions, comments, concerns, as always, you can check the show notes or. Uh, get a hold of me and coach Trimble. Um, you know, again, we appreciate any feedback. If you can, you know, leave any feedback on Spotify, Apple, you know, the iTunes, whatever, uh, we greatly appreciate it. Just kind of helps us get an idea of what people are looking for, listening to. Um, but yeah, outside of that, uh, I think, so you're leaving next week. You said, yep. All right. Well, it sounds like I'm gonna, not going to see you for at least two weeks here. Not next week, but then yeah, we can, we can set up that podcast coming up. Uh, the following week for sure. Uh, we'll get it going there. So, <laughs> all righty. Well, uh, yeah. So I'm uh, Trevor DiCarlo. I'm Andrew Trumbull. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody. And we'll uh, look forward to uh, talking to you guys next time. Thanks.